Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Aces with love is stopped. Picked up by Gray. She can go coast to coast. There's three. There's two. She's going to launch from three. Chelsea Gray for three. Unbelievable. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Jackie's got it. Aces got numbers three on two. To Plum for three. KP, ring it up. Boom, shaka, waka, waka, boom. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. To Bay, she's open for three. She sees it. She's got the bucket. One, two, three times for Bay Bay. T.C. Martin. And you got that right. Money won't change it. Raquana, Bay Bay Williams, boom. This is the greatest show. The ball is in the air. The Las Vegas Aces have won their very first WNBA championship. The doctor is now in. And a happy Monday to you wherever you may be. It is the T.C. Martin Show here live today from the Las Vegas Aces Draft Party. We are at Slice of Vegas, uh, an annual event that we do with the Las Vegas Aces. And uh, today, a very exciting day, even though the Las Vegas Aces don't have any picks for the WNBA Draft. But that's kind of a good thing because the defending champs really don't need any help when you look at it right now, when you look at a stacked roster, training camp, about two and a half weeks away, and we'll be talking a lot of Las Vegas Aces today. And uh, in about an hour and a half or so, this place will be jam-packed at Slice of Las Vegas in the Mandalay Bay shops between the Mandalay Bay and the Luxor. So, yes, Las Vegas Aces draft party here today. And uh, joining me, my good friends, our uh, Monday bookend, uh, Marco D'Angelo in the house, our Monday-Friday bookend, and our quarterback, who decided to grace us with his appearance today after last Friday at the Westgate. He had so much fun at the Superbook. He said, let's come on back. Let's, let's go to Slice. Let's go to Las Vegas Aces draft party in a huge Las Vegas Aces supporter, Jay Schrader, in the house. Jay, what's going on, brother? Not much. Glad to be back. Glad to see everybody getting excited about the Aces. And uh, I'm getting cranked up so I can throw some T-shirts at one of the games again because that's, that's a lot of fun. So i got to get it up to that upper deck, you know? Yeah, I mean, you do have the, the gun, as we <laughs> talked about before. And when, uh, when Jay came to the, to the Mandalay Bay a few times last year, uh, you know, Mark Davis and everybody said, Hey, it's Raiders alumni. Uh, you guys mind throwing any t-shirts? And uh, automatically you went right for that box uh, and you started firing them up to the upper deck. Well, everybody, you know, everybody on the, on the row five through 10 gets a t-shirt, right? Cause that's where everybody throws them. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not throwing them to those guys. I'm chucking it up where they, you know, <laughs> of course they're not expecting it up there. So throw some up there and, you know, luckily nobody fell over the railing catching them. So we're all good. <laughs> all right. Our tag team partner who does not have as good an arm as you, Marco D'Angelo, but you know what? His, his arms do work nice oh. at the yeah. restaurants. They do. Yeah. They do. It was very well appreciative, and uh, it was a great meal. And uh, again, thank you, sir. That was that was awesome. <laughs> no problem. We got alligator arms over there talking about about the arms. <laughs> and we, you, you want to go there already? Already? And, 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 and we had a wait on him. Right? <laughs> yeah. We had a wait on him. So it's it's all good. What do you mean you had to wait on me? Somebody was a little picky and didn't know a what he wanted to order, how he wanted to order it. Couldn't figure that out, and then. It came and he was like, nope, nope, this okay. not going to work. So. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's put this to, to the test here. Okay. Now the situation is, you know, Marco, uh, Otis we, dinner. All right. We, we did not have a problem. Did we, Marco? No, no, no. Let me, we let good. me finish here. Okay. And we'll put this out to our listeners and they can chime in and they can respond either via Twitter. Hit, hit me at TC Martin 21 or call in 702-221-7283. Now here's the situation. All right. We go to dinner, have a great time. All right, Marco even uh, uh, brought a guest, uh, yes. uh, the racetrack announcer over at the Meadows Racetrack in Pittsburgh, uh, yes. Jazzy Jeff, yeah. uh, without the fresh pr- fresh prints. Uh, it, was, it was nice, you know, meeting Jeff. Yes. Uh, loyal listener as well. So there you go. And um, so we go and we we order. And I wanted to make sure that you know order the right thing. That's all. I just you know I, I've been to the restaurant a few times where we went. Uh, was thinking about going off on a, a different direction. So I just wanted to kind of take my sweet time. So I did. And uh, we go ahead and we order. The steaks come out. And uh, we all kind of ordered our steaks pretty much the same. All right. I went filet. Marco went filet. You went New York, I believe. I did. All right. 
And uh, one of our three steaks uh, came out, uh, looked like it was uh, sitting in the sun in Phoenix, Arizona for about two months. <laughs> right? And that happened to be mine. All right. So, uh, you know, I was going to take one for the team because I know how you, you guys get, oh, no, now everything's going to be messed up. And are you going to create a scene? No, I'm not going to create a scene. But uh, as you saw, the server came over and he goes, sir, that's extremely Ooh. well done. Who, right? who I know and took care of us. He yeah. was, he did his job. He did his job. He, he was fine. But he, he blamed the cook. Next thing you know, we have the manager coming out. We got yeah. the maitre d coming out. We got like everybody <laughs> and their mother coming out and apologizing. Check it oh, on us. Yeah. Okay. We'll come back. Well, by the time my steak comes back, all right, you guys are done eating. So of course I feel a little bit of pressure that I've got to go speed dial now, but, th- but that's okay. All right. So at the end of the night, the server comes back and says, Apologies again, sir. The manager came out. Apologies again. L- let me uh, let me take this off your bill and let me get you some dessert as well. Yeah. Okay, great. You know, some desserts we got. We got the chocolate lava cake. Uh, we got the cheesecake. Cheese uh, your favorite. And this is a sidebar. Uh, Jay Schrader. This isn't the first time dined with him. Like, no, no dessert, no dessert. I, <laughs> I, I don't need any dessert. And I said, no. Just, you know, everyone's like, oh, Marco passing. Oh, I don't need a dessert menu. This and that. But then when the guy said, well, I'm going to take care of your dessert, I said, bring it on. <laughs> Bring the menu. Just bring the menu. Bring it and on. And then, uh, so then, you know, we decide cheesecake and, and the lava cake. And then all of a sudden, there's Schrader going, cheesecake, I'm good. Yep, bring on, bring on the cheesecake. Yeah. All right. So then the bill comes, right? And so I took care of your steak. I took care of the dessert. And I look over at Marco and I go, well, I go, I saved you at least a hundred bucks. Yeah. And you think that he'd be appreciative of that, right? Now the question now, comes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back Marco on this because he was very appreciative. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. you all out there, he, he's full of it right now. <laughs> Marco did. I'm going to back you up here, pal. Okay. I'm not well, saying that he wasn't. I'm not done with my just, story you, here, okay? You just threw As him a, under the bus. <laughs> did I? Yeah. yeah you did. Do we need to rewind this? <laughs> I wasn't I, appreciative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the words that came out of your mouth. Oh, okay. I guess that was the sense that you gave me just when you didn't <laughs> no, smile it's the, the picture. Se- it's the second part Where of the story <laughs> that not appreciative. Uh, yeah. Then he goes, well, since you didn't have to actually pay for my steak, that means you still owe me one. That's right. You're still, yeah. <laughs> so I think this was all a big, you Set know, plusy <laughs> move yeah. by by him to get two steaks, and, you know, and only get credited for, for at one, okay. you know, one pay. So here, the, here is the the question we're throwing out. Okay, so since I had soup, and uh, you know, the French onion soup was outstanding, by the way, mm-hmm. and uh, some dessert. I mean, does that count as a meal? Uh, let's see. We're all four of us together. Yeah. Were we in a restaurant? Yeah. Was yeah. it our normal Friday evening? And did yeah. you pick up the check? I believe I did. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh. Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> but but as we know, there is a precedence that has been set here. So I think we need to go back and, and, and listen and find out. Uh-oh. Uh. You know what I think? Uh-oh. I'm just gonna have soup. What do you What are you getting? <laughs> yeah, I'll save the meal for another time. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Time. What other time? I had a hot dog earlier. I'm not that hungry. <laughs> no, no, Ben, you know. This is the dinner. The soup counts. <laughs> Soup's not a meal. You're supposed to buy me a meal. I'm not stopping you from eating. Go ahead and eat. Get anything you want. But I don't want anything but soup. Then that's the meal. <laughs> but I had the hot dog. I didn't tell you to have a hot dog. Who told you to have a hot dog? Hey, I give you a brand new Armani suit, and you won't even buy me a meal. <laughs> All right, fine. Get the soup. There it is. So, as, as, as Banya and Jerry once said, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's soup a meal. So, does this count as, as a meal? It counts as a meal. I, I had soup. Yep, there you it, go. It, it counts as a meal because if I, <laughs> if I recall correctly, I did see a piece of meat that disappeared pretty quickly. It, he did polish that off. Yeah. I, I will about, give you About half that. of it. About half of it. Yeah. You yeah. got the award for the best looking steak of the of the night. Yeah, Jay did. Yeah, he but did. it's New York. And, yeah. and 
Full disclosure, should we throw him under the bus? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I had so, to wait to eat my meal. Yeah. Jay for gets him. his beautiful looking steak yeah. set down in front of him. <laughs> Jay grabs his knife and fork. You can just see is like it's I'm like ready. You, it's like you looked up and you saw you know yeah. single coverage wide open, <laughs> wide open in the yeah. end zone. Yeah, and you're ready. Re- you're ready. You couldn't wait. Yeah. And he calls an audible. Whoa! Time out. <laughs> you can't eat your steak yet. I need to take a picture of not my steak, your steak, Jay. <laughs> my steak wasn't there okay. and mine was burnt to a crisp okay, okay. and it, he elbowed you out of your seat yeah. <laughs> like you, you got checked into the boards right. you come flying into me and he's in your seat well, taking t- a picture t- of your t- time out rewind standby remember I said you know, uh, give me the steak and he goes, what are you talking about? I'm not kidding. He goes, you come over here and take the picture. That's why I had to get up and take the picture and rearrange half the table. <laughs> he wanted you to move your steak across uh, the yeah. other side of the table. It wasn't coming back if I would have done that. Well, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. You knew it wasn't coming Especially back. Especially since I had to wait 30 minutes yeah. of mine. That was a one-way ship across the table, so it wasn't going there. Yeah. I'm just having fun with you. Obviously, Marco, that, the, the meal counts. And, and okay. again, of course it does. It yeah. was a great night. It yeah. was yeah. fun. A, a lot of good talk, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know, my Jeff, you know, my buddy Jeff was, you know, he didn't know till that morning what was going on that yeah. he was coming to dinner and that. And I, I can't wait to see, uh, ask him the over under of how many times he went back to Pittsburgh today at work. And say, oh, I had dinner with uh, Super Bowl quarterback Jay Schrader. I'm not sure that you have the same leverage uh, back there in the storytelling TC, but I'm sure he'll mention you. Yeah, I, I don't know. He looked he pretty enthralled, you know, sitting next to me, wanting to talk. I think he was talking to me a little bit more than. Jay. Yeah, I think it was no, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> See, it's always a comparison with you, Marco. You know, you know what I'm saying. Always comparison. Hey, I'm I'm a stat guy. Okay, yeah. I just I look at the stats, and the stats say he's going to mention Jay more than he's going to mention you. <laughs> Probably accurate with that. No, no question. Yeah. Uh, uh, next time I'll just uh, I'll just I'll just forfeit my meal. Let you guys go out by yourself. Okay. Good idea. Uh, <laughs> all right, um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Masters, guys. Uh, crazy weekend it yeah. was in Augusta, Georgia. John Rahm wins it, uh, twelve under par. Had to play thirty holes yesterday. Uh, Brooks Kepka just uh, the ultimate collapse. Shot a seventy-five. Lost eight strokes. Uh, over the last two rounds, actually, the, the, twenty-seven the, holes. The, yeah, the twenty-seven, 27 holes. holes. Yeah. Uh, so I know you were, you know, watching that, Jay. Uh, give me your thoughts about uh, the Masters. Well, you know, it, it, me watching it, I'm sitting there, and you got eighty-five one day, you got eighty the next day, and then you got forty-nine wind blowing, two inches of rain <laughs> overnight, and then by the time the final round kicks off, you're mid-sixties, wind blowing a little bit, um, but the course played fair. I thought the course played fair, and you needed to make shots, and you needed to consistently make shots. And John Rahm consistently made shots. He was the guy that stayed away from the big numbers and didn't get get himself into too much trouble and was able to get out. So uh, he deserved to win it. Um, the first two rounds, Kepa couldn't do anything wrong. And then the third round, he, from middle of the third round on, it just seemed like he couldn't do anything right. Uh, he was putting himself in tough spots. And... I know that because I had the opportunity to play there. And if you hit it on the wrong section of the green or on the wrong side of the green, short side yourself, there's times when it's impossible to get it up and down because you can't stop the ball. And that's what he found himself in. So uh, congratulations, John Rahm. You know, I think the bigger story that nobody's talking about is how does Phil Mickelson Mickelson shoot 65 on the final day? 65, 10 under, only two shots back is the uh, oldest runner-up in the history of the Masters. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. And I didn't get a chance to watch every bit of it, probably not yeah. as much as you did over the weekend, but I looked at that and I go, what? I mean, Phil's, <laughs> Phil's close. Yeah. We saw that you know, on, on Friday yeah. and Saturday, and all of a sudden Sunday's like, what? He's right behind Rom? What's going on here? Yeah. Well, what that tells me is that these guys are so stinking talented, and when they get it going, man, it is fun to watch. Um, because you know Phil went out there on Sunday, and he's like, what do I have to lose? I'm firing at every flag. Yeah. Why not? Why not fire at every flag, see what kind of number I can put up there? <laughs> and you know what? He ended up with the second place, almost to the fact where he was waiting for somebody else to come back and catch him and go to a playoff. So, uh, you know, congratulations to him. But uh, it's just it's phenomenal to watch these guys when they get on a roll because uh, they do things with the golf ball that, you know, is amazing. So it's, it's fun to watch. You go back to John Rahm. He's won uh, four times already this season. Yeah. He's earned $13.3 million so far 
And we're only a few months in to this season. Second most in a season of all time. Scotty Scheffler set the record last year, uh, $14 million. So, uh, Rom, basically think, one, tur- yeah, one tournament I, away. I think that's going to go bye-bye. Yeah. yeah, real quick. <laughs> I mean, probably, what, a top 10 or top 12 finish away from yeah. from passing in. But uh, just from, I mean, you play a lot of golf, and you've been on a lot of these championship courses. You talked about, you know, uh, Augusta and, and some of these other places. It's just amazing, isn't it, that the talent that we see nowadays, and really – I mean, yeah. for me, handicapping golf, I'm talking about this with Marco, I think it's just impossible for me. And I've never really got involved in handicapping golf yeah. because, you know, back in the day, you can make a field bet. Yeah. And, it, you know, the field was maybe uh, you would get yourself like maybe 30 or 40 guys. Right. Well, you know, now you, you, you don't because you don't. everybody has a so, price because it is so unpredictable. Yeah. And it's just crazy that uh, call it parody or just call you on any given weekend, anybody can win a major tournament, it seems like. Well, it comes it comes down to putting. I don't care what anybody says. It comes down to putting on the PGA Tour. It's mm-hmm. you, you look at the winners of about every tournament out there they're top two or three if not the top one in putting every week and you bring up the masters and the and how these guys are so ready let's go look at the first two rounds and we have an amateur at eight under par eight under par a college kid on the biggest stage on the biggest stage there is and one of the toughest courses in the world yeah and you're like and he's not backing down he's firing at it and he's having a good time and he weighs about 110 pounds and you're wondering how in the heck does he hit it 320 yards but it's just phenomenal there are so many guys that can play this game at such a high level that every week is a crapshoot i mean you just don't know i don't know i don't know how you handicap them because every week is unbelievable i don't handicap a golf we have guys at the site that do Another thing that's become popular over the years is now you can do matchups where it's just two golfers head to head and you're laying a price, you know, which guy's going to finish uh, with a better uh, score. Watching yesterday in, you know, the last two days, the two takeaways for me, the, the saddest part of it was watching Tiger out there limping around the course, I, you know, and give him credit for being out there and playing the way he did for the first, you know, the first couple of days. And you could see yesterday, and I'm sure the weather had a lot to do with that. You know, uh, as you get older and you've got, you've got problems with, uh, injuries and, you know, the cold weather, the dampness, that's never fun, uh, you know, on the body. But going back to the collapse, uh, you know, by the leader going into the, you know, the final rounds, unlike a team sport, you can't bring a backup in. You know, you're out there on the island by yourself. And when it starts to go bad like that, I can't, I can't imagine what, you know, what's going through your head. You're on the biggest stage. You're, you're trying to regain your composure. And it's just, you know, it's, it's like a snowball, you know, coming down the hill. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And you got to feel bad for a guy in that situation. When you look at the uh, weather factor, too, over the weekend, we saw everything. We saw finally good weather, you know, yesterday, but then we saw, you know, high of 51, you know, going back, uh, you know, on, on Saturday, and then we saw the rain sideways on, on uh, parts of Thursday and Friday. Just crazy how you had all of the elements, and you saw the scores reflected in that yeah. in round number three <laughs> on, on Saturday with uh, so many golfers, you know, over par, and really that's where kind of the beginning of the end started for Brooks Kepka, right? Yeah, there's no question. I think uh, I think I saw the stat on Saturday where they were plus 88 for the day. <laughs> okay, you're talking about the best golfers in the world being plus 88. And these are the ones, the top 50 that made the cut. You know, and that's that's a large chunk. You know, that's a large chunk of everybody, uh, everybody over par and everything else. But the factor too, you know, we talked about it Friday. We were watching Tiger walk around and what people don't realize is all the hills up and down that's at Augusta. And we talked about it's it's yeah. a tough walk when it's a nice day. You know, it's a tough walk when it's a, a nice day. And then you throw in bad weather. It's 49. It's rainy. It's damp. Man, it, it had to be miserable on him. And it, it looked like it at the end of the third round. He, he was beat. There's no question about it. When you uh, talk about Phil Mickelson, just... Is this a one-off for him, or or does, or does he still have you know pl- plenty to go? Well, I think he's got plenty to go. 
the problem that I have with this is very simply this. Okay, Father Time wins in every event that we know of. <laughs> you know, Phil Mickelson is, is 53 years old, and to play four rounds, that's just like, you know, Freddie Couples made the cut at 62. It, that's awesome. But Freddie plays on the senior tour, which is three rounds. If you notice on the fourth round Sunday, Man, he's just out of gas. And, you know, that, that's not a course you can run out of gas. Our bodies just at, at a certain age, you just got to chalk it up and go, hey. But the thing is, he showed you that, yes, they can do it. You can still do it. You, those guys can still go out there one day and shoot a number that's phenomenal. So uh, good for him. Freddie Couples outstanding. Uh, Tiger Woods not. Yeah. So uh, what do you see from Tiger over the course of the weekend? You know, I, I didn't felt, make the cut. That he, was a big question mark. He, he, he did make it, but he did make the really, cut. Really know, unimpressive. All, listen, all the 20, way through. Twenty-three in a row at the Masters is yeah. phenomenal. Okay, yeah. I don't care what anybody says. He did make the cut with the the limited amount of golf that he played. Um, watching him walk off on Sunday, on Saturday, and and you know everything else there. I just I felt bad for the guy because I know he wants to compete, but I don't know if his body's going to let him. I, I really don't, and that's unfortunate for golf because he is still the face of golf. I don't care who's number one in the world. You know, John Rom can be number one in the world, but if Tiger shows up at an event, <laughs> Tiger's the guy. Okay, let, let's not sugarcoat anything here. Tiger's the guy, and he needs to be involved with golf. I just don't know how much he can play. How about some of the guys that that didn't make the cut that were favorites yeah. you know on, on the board justin thomas there you go you yeah. Know I mean? yeah you know some of these guys you know that and it's funny you know you get you get to certain events in certain places justin thomas has really never played well there yeah <laughs> you know he really has it and guys will tell you they play on the tour and they'll skip certain events because they don't like the course it just doesn't look right in their eye for some reason and they don't score well so uh I get it. I go to courses and I'm like, well, I go to every course now. And I'm like, oh, what is this? You know, but uh, there was a time when you got out there and you looked at the course and you go, hey, here's a good number to shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of these guys, it's a mental block no matter what. But uh, yeah, there's guys, you know, look, Justin Thomas can come back this week and shoot 65 four days in a row. He's that good a player. And, you know, he's not the only one. There's a bunch of them that can do that. All right. All right. Uh, we are live here at uh, Slice of Las Vegas inside the Mandalay Bay shops between uh, the Mandalay Bay and the Luxor. Uh, the Las Vegas Aces draft party uh, coming your way here uh, in a couple hours. The draft uh, will be broadcast live on ESPN at 4 o'clock. The Aces do not have any picks, uh, but still, hey, let's, let's have a party. A reason to have the party, and the Aces have been doing this uh, since the inception, since they came here. Uh, just a, a fantastic time. So a lot of season ticket holders will be in attendance here tonight. They're going to uh, open the doors at 3.30. It is a, uh, a, a private uh, event and, uh, like I said, reserved basically for the Las Vegas Aces season ticket holders. But uh, it's always a fun event. Uh, Aces personnel, uh, players, uh, Jackie Young will be here a little bit uh, later on, uh, Buckets, and uh, we will be visiting with uh, Natalie Williams, the general manager of the Las Vegas Aces, and the president, uh, Nikki Vargas, uh, as well next hour as uh, we... Look ahead to the 2023 WNBA season, which will start on May the 20th as the Aces will be in action against the uh, uh, Seattle Storm. And then the Aces will have uh, home games on the 27th and the 28th um, where they'll have the ring ceremony at the opener. Uh, against the uh, L.A. Sparks, which uh, will be interesting. And then Minnesota comes to town the very next night. So WNBA season right around the corner. And this is, has always kind of been the the kickoff to that, the kickoff party. And, again, uh, even though the draft will be broadcast, I mean, the Aces have always uh, either you know had picks in the first round. It's been very, very intriguing. But this year, no picks. But when you look at this roster, I don't think anybody is complaining well, that they don't have any picks. Well, let's, let's you know, A, they don't have any picks. But B, they probably got the best pick in Candace Parker. Yes. Okay, so yeah. let's, <laughs> let's put it's, it's it into kind, perspective. It's kind of like the Raiders and Devontae Adams, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's, it's very much like, you know, the Raiders don't have a, a number one pick, but they have the best receiver in football now. So uh, the Aces don't have the uh, number one pick, um, but they have a player of the year and an all-star that they know is going to show up and be there. I think they did 
pretty good in picking up Candace it, Parker. In the nucleus of this team is locked up for a while, right? Yeah, Correct. So we're going we're yep. to have, you know, yeah. this, you know, you never want to throw the word out there, but, you know, you could have the start of a little dynasty in the, you know, the WNBA. Yeah. And we know this team uh, has been good, rock solid for the last few years. Last year, getting over the hump there with that tremendous run. The Aces won the championship, defeated uh, Connecticut in four games uh, last year. And uh, now there is that talk of of back-to-back. And, you know, it's a great goal to have. You know, it is a a great goal to have. And we talked about with the Astros where Dusty Baker was saying, hey, let's uh, let's put it out there. You know, I'm not going to shy away from that. Becky Hammond is feeling the exact same way as well, yep. too. That like, hey, we we want to say this. That's that that that's fine. And the way things have, have shaped up, in my opinion, is that there are teams that are not as strong as the Aces this year. There are some teams that are perennial powers, like the Seattle Storm, mm-hmm. who has weakened themselves a little bit with Brianna Stewart going Good to New York. New York. All right, the Chicago Sky have weakened themselves, not only losing Candace Parker, but losing key guard play yeah. uh, as well, too. You know, with uh, Courtney Vandersloot and, and, and others. So, to me, this really shapes up that uh, the Aces have a, a golden opportunity. But uh, the seasons—it's it, you'll be here next month. Training camp starts in two and a half weeks. Uh, when you look at the West, uh, the Sparks—they're going to be an improved team. Kurt Miller, the head coach from the Connecticut Sun, he is now taking over the for, for the Sparks. And uh, Dierka Hamby, who was once the Las Vegas Aces, is now a member of the Sparks. And the Aces home opener against the Sparks—that's going to be interesting. And then Brittany Griner's back. For the Phoenix Mercury as well, and Diana Taurasi coming back for her fiftieth year. <laughs> yeah, but I'm joking. It's only yeah. 21. Yeah, <laughs> but but here again, and when you look at the Aces, in you know, yes, they won the championship, and every coach will tell you you're always trying to find a way to motivate your players, you know, for that next year because you, you're coming off a championship, and mm-hmm. no better thing to go, hey, look, let's put it out there. We need to repeat. Mm-hmm. We we have the talent to repeat. You know. Let's be honest, you know, years and years ago, the Marlins win the World Series, right? Well, two weeks later, right? Yeah, they, the whole thing implodes. They blew it up. Yeah, they, they blew it up, and everybody's yeah. like, well, they're not going to win again. And everybody in right. the dugout and everybody on the in the franchise knew that. You know, that's a whole different situation. Here, everybody is back. They've added a piece in Candace Parker, and they're like, we expect you to be back. Actually, added more than just that. So they also added Alicia Clark, who is a, a two-time WNBA champion with Seattle, and she is fantastic. And wait till wait till fans get a chance to see her up close and personal. And then they also added a European player in Kayla George. She's had a couple stops in the WNBA, but all of these players uh, they're over thirty. And they're veterans. And what general manager Natalie Williams, along with Nikki Vargas, the president, and Mark Davis have decided to do, okay, first and foremost, like you said, they wanted to lock up the core. Okay, mm-hmm. so you locked up Asia Wilson, Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young. So you've got your core that, that, that are going to be back for not only this year, but next year as well, too. And now you add these veteran pieces, and that's why they elected to trade off some of the draft picks because they're in the, the mindset, the mantra of, like, hey, Let's win now. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But when you look at this Aces team uh, and you you know, you know, start coming to the games, you're going to say, wow, when you see the veteran-laden experience. I mean, this is more than an all-star team. This is, this is a phenomenal yeah. roster and one that is unmatched with any other team in the WNBA. Well, and I think you throw in – Becky Hammond coaching this team too. Somebody that's been there, done that with veteran players, been around, has been in the NBA with veteran players. Right? Coach Pop too. Coach I mean, Pop, you couldn't have a better you know, mentor. Yeah. And everything else. And, you know, she showed us last year, you know, everybody was like, oh, is she going to get fired up? Yes, she gets fired up. We, we did see it, right? Okay. Um, she picks and chooses. She knows how to coach. She knows how to get the best of these players. She'll know when to rest them, when to, you know, work their minutes and all that. Uh, she's phenomenal uh, at doing that. So, you know, you look at the talent on the court and the talent that's off the court running it, there's no reason why they shouldn't be in contention at the end of the year. And let's let's talk a little bit about Mark Davis, uh, a, a guy that obviously you've you've known very well playing, you know, for his dad, you know, you know, back in the day. Uh, Mark is very proud of this team. He got involved in this to win championships and then, you know, his second year in ownership, they win a championship. And, uh, you know, he has 
not shied away from spending money. He has, you know, hired some very, uh, uh, powerful women mm-hmm. to run this organization. And, you know, when you look at the way this organization is run, it, it, it really does start at the top uh, with, you know, and, and, and Mark has kind of gotten a bad rep uh, in, in from the NFL side, you know, well, maybe not wanting to spend money and this and that. That has not been the case with his ownership with the WNBA and the Aces. No, not at all. Because if you look at the new facility they're building out there for him, I mean, it's everything is top notch. And, you know, Mark's done a, a great job here. And, uh, I think it's great. I think, you know, for a long time, the WNBA has been looked at as, you know, the stepchild, right? Let's let's call it what it is, right? I mean, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Let's get these ladies up there. Let's have the support, get the TV contracts, get the people coming to the games. They're heck of an athlete. They are, you know, and when you come and watch them play, you, you have to admire what they do, and uh, they should be compensated that way, and, and Mark's trying to s- step that goal up there, and I, I applaud him for that. And you're a guy that's come to the games, and I'll use you as an example. I'm not going to speak for you. You can speak for yourself, but it just seems like when you come to a game, and Mark was the same way. He came to a game last year, too. Once you go to a game, you're kind of hooked. You kind of, Yeah, you are hooked. <laughs> you are hooked. It's a, it's a lot of fun. The product on the court is great. You got... You know, you're sitting out there. They're competing. That's what you want to see. And uh, every night they go out there and they compete their guts out. And you can't ask for a, a better venue. You know, half the time you you feel like you're on the court watching them anyway. There's, you know, the seats yeah. seats are good. So uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. And you're seeing the the best women in the world, world. playing yeah. basketball. Right. And it just so happens you've got like three or four of them on this team as well, too, yeah. which makes it uh, very, very exciting. And kind of like the way fans were with the Golden Knights in the beginning, you kind of got spoiled a little bit. And it took the Aces a, a couple years uh, to get cranking. But, you know, what, where they're at right now, for this fan base, you can't say they're a little bit spoiled. Which is great. <laughs> it can't take away the fact that they are the first professional team in Las Vegas to win a championship. They're going to have that no matter what the, the rest of the way. And, you know, I'm sure everybody thought it was going to be the Golden Knights after we got spoiled yeah. the, the first year with that. <laughs> first then, year, you know, first four or five years. Right? Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's fun. And, yeah, you're right. When I took the wife to the game, you know, she enjoyed it. And she's not a big sports fan, you yeah. know. And it's just the atmosphere. It's so family friendly. Uh, and as you said, every seat in the house is, you know, good. So yeah. come out and check them out. All right. All right. Uh, so we're at the Aces draft party that's going to be getting underway in about an hour or so. Nikki Vargas and uh, Natalie Williams are going to be uh, joining us here. And uh, we come back. We got some NBA playoffs to talk about. The playoff field is set. And also, we got NFL news to talk about as well. Jay Schrader, the quarterback in the house, Marco D'Angelo, and TC Martin live from Slice here on this magnificent Monday. Hey, this is Steve Heitner, and you're listening to TC Martin. He's huge, baby. That's Kenny Banyan, baby. You know, he's talking about the soup. Our good friend Steve Heitner. We got to get him back on the show. Especially when we talk about soup. Soup being a meal. Soup. (laughs) We are live from Slice of Las Vegas, uh, one of the finest Italian eateries here in Las Vegas, uh, in the Mandalay Bay shops between Mandalay Bay and the Luxor. We are here for the Las Vegas Aces Draft Party, an annual event. Love being part of this. Even though the Aces do not have any picks, actually they do have a pick. They have the very last pick of the draft, the 36th overall pick in the third round. That's it. Uh, but uh, no first or second round picks. But uh, what a stack roster! And remember, if you're looking to come on out, uh, the season will start on May the 27th for the home opener. The Las Vegas Aces take on the LA Sparks, and then uh, the following night, the 28th against the Minnesota. Links. So look forward to that. Season ticket packages. Go to lvaces.com for that. Many different options for season ticket uh, packages at lvaces.com. TC Martin, Jay Schrader, and Marco D'Angelo in the house here for the Aces draft party at uh, Slice of Las Vegas. The draft will begin at 4 p.m. Broadcast live on ESPN. And uh, the doors will be opening here with Aces season ticket uh, holders uh, filing through here around 3.30. I don't know if you guys saw the line of people already lined up outside. It's They're crazy about this team and this event here. Well, it's Vegas, right? I mean, come on. And, you know, as, as Marco said, they are the first team in Las Vegas to be national. To win a championship. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. hey, let's support them. Let's, let's do everything possible. Great, great for these gals, and uh, let's, let's keep it going. 
All right, guys, uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, NFL. Um, I guess the breaking news here today, obviously, is Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Baltimore Ravens. It's a one-year deal, $18 million. But the caveat here, $15 million guaranteed for Odell Beckham Jr. as Jay Schrader, the quarterback, is shaking his head. Guaranteed $15 million, and he's coming off an ACL. Two, right? Yeah, I mean, good for him. Good, good for him, you know. And, uh, hey, look, it, we knew what kind of player he was. Let's hope he can get back to being, you know, close to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say he's going to be 100% back because I don't think anytime you mm-hmm. you tear your knee up like that, you ever come back 100%. But let's hope he can come back and, and contribute. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just crazy to me today, you know, what, what these salaries are and what these guys are getting. So good for them. He's 30 years old. They're... It's it's been years since he's been productive. Yep, he's uh, bounced around the league a little bit. We know that he's had some off the field issues. Are you surprised that the Baltimore Ravens want him and agreed to pay him this amount of money, especially the guaranteed money? Yes, huh? I mean that, yeah. let's let's not argue about yes. Yeah. I mean. There's a reason he's at Baltimore because they guaranteed him $15 million. And from what I understand, they were the only team that was going to really pursue him this aggressively and offer this type of contract. Yeah, for a one-year deal. Yeah. You know, question. You know, because maybe he comes back the first year. You, you want to try to get that second year where the, the club has an option because if he shows signs later on of producing, then you want to keep him around for the second yeah. year. Right. But now, you know, the Ravens are on the hook for a one and done. This is how the NFL has changed, though, because in years past, when you had a guy that's injury-prone like that, backside of his career, you would see hey, we'll take a chance on this guy. It'll be an incentive-driven contract. Exactly. Now, the guarantee, that's, I don't understand it at all. And you're doing it with a team that you don't even know who your quarterback's going to be. Okay? So you might not even have somebody that can get the ball to him if he's right. able to go out there and play. Yeah. You're saying I don't Tyler Huntley can't do it, huh? <laughs> Tyler Huntley, you know, nothing against Tyler Huntley, but... Uh... He's not the guy that's going to drop back and, and yeah. sling it down the field, I don't think. You know, he, he can run around and scramble for however long until he gets whacked, you know, because it's just a matter of time for these quarterbacks that, that run as much as they do nowadays. Um, they're going to get injury prone, okay? And um, it is what it is. Once they cross that line of scrimmage, you know, they're fair game unless they try to slide. And even then, they try to slide late, they're going to get hit. To, to your point, Marco, talking about an incentive-laden contract, Odell Beckham Jr. is not going to agree to something like that. Now, other people would, but he, he wants the guaranteed money. Yep. And get, But Baltimore played right into that. So uh, this is definitely on Baltimore. I mean, even if this thing works out, where this guy stays healthy, has a career year, it, it, it works out. I mean... Still, it's 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 a big risk, in in my opinion, to do this. But this is a guy that's you know was probably totally fine with just not playing football, and he's like, hey, uh, you know, I'll, I'll play if I get this. Right. But you know, I'm sure that you know that was talked about with other teams. Well, you know, we're not sure you're healthy. You know, we'll give yeah. you an incentive contract. Well, I'm not interested in that. Baltimore says, no, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go guarantee. Yeah. And he's going to take it. But yeah, I think the Ravens. Definitely, probably the only team that would have done this. Well, especially when your name is linked to the Jets with with Aaron Rodgers saying, hey, yeah. I want Odell Beckham, right? Yeah. You would think that that would be a place where, hey, look, here's a guy that we know is going to throw it. Right. You know they're going to throw the ball 40, 45 times a game. I'm going to get my catches, everything else. And he's like, mm, no, I'm going to go take the guaranteed money at the Ravens, who, who right now don't have a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, so the Lamar Jackson situation. uh He's represented himself. Yep. Okay. Um, I know that some people are thinking that, well, maybe this is the, the carrot. Okay. Hey, they, they signed OBJ to come here. Maybe that'll get Lamar Jackson to sign or, or Beckham's going to say, come on, man. You get, you let's, let, let's go. Let's go. I'm not sure that Lamar Jackson is actually wired that way. I mean, he's been perfectly clear that, you know, he wants his money. He wants a lot of money. Does not want to be franchise tagged. 
the Ravens keep saying, you're our guy, we want you, we want you. They're not even entertaining a second option, you know, right now. So it really is a strange situation. I mean, yeah. the Rodgers-Jets thing, that's strange in itself. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but this thing is, is, is really weird because they're saying – well, yeah, you're our guy. I mean, you know, you're our guy, plain and simple. But Lamar doesn't feel like he's the guy. Right, right. Well, Mark, you brought up a good point before we even started this show, right? If I'm a Ravens player, I, you know, your quarterback, you're supposed to follow him into a burning building, okay? Is this team really going to do that for Lamar Jackson when in the playoff game with the backup quarterback, you were hurt, you couldn't play. But you weren't hurt to the point you couldn't stand on the sideline and be a mentor to him during that game. To me as a player, you know, and I've never obviously played pro sports, so I don't know that, you know, how that family chemistry is in a locker room. But to me, that would be, you have broken it. You, 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 you walked out on your family during the playoffs. You can't play. That's one thing, but you still can help this team by being on the sidelines. And he wasn't. Yeah, no question. That that was a bad look. And, you know, you bring up a good point where the Ravens are saying, hey, look, we brought you Odell Beckham and all that. Well, the first five years, who did they bring in? Right? <laughs> you know, the guy's, the guy's sitting there going, hey, <laughs> you know. Nobody. We, we are a running team. Everybody yeah. knows we're a running yeah. team. I'm running for my life 90% of the time, uh, you know, trying to make stuff happen. Where was he back then? You know, now you're going to try to give me this, this carrot and say, you know, this guy that hasn't been productive for two and a half, three years is now going to coming off an injury, going to be our guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a unique situation. And, um, you know, there's good points and bad points about representing yourself. Because you know he gambled on himself and had a had a good year, and does he deserve to get paid? Yes, no question about it. Compared to everybody else out there, yes. But you know, it it's a tough business, and this is the business yeah. side that nobody wants to talk about. Here's the bad part of representing yourself, in my opinion. If he had an agent, now the agent's got some leverage. Come in and say, okay, you gave this guy guaranteed money, right. and he's been injured, okay? And you guys are worried because I've given up my body for the team. <laughs> you know, that you should be wanting to give me the money because I'm, I'm a better bet than he is. But now when you're representing yourself and you start talking about yourself, hey, you know, why aren't you giving me the guarantee? Yeah. Now it becomes personal. And it's just got to be a tough dynamic to not have that third person to be your go-between yeah. in that situation. Yeah, and it's never a good situation when it becomes personal. Yeah. It's just not in negotiations. I mean, I don't care what line of work you're in. When it becomes personal, it's not a good thing. And um, so uh, he's put himself in this spot. Does he deserve to get paid? Yeah, he does. But, you know, here again, now you got to negotiate it out. They didn't do it all last year. They knew it was coming. They prolonged this thing. They waited all off season, And now here we are. We're getting ready for the draft. And they have, they've got no clue. But here's the thing, though. I'm not going to blame the Ravens here. I mean, they, I'm not sure that they are sold on Lamar Jackson. Even though they're saying, hey, you're our guy, you're our guy. They have put to get, put out front a, a very substantial offer in the neighborhood of about 175 million. But he is stuck on, oh wait, Deshaun Watson. Okay. And we're going to hear more and more about this from, from other agents and other quarterbacks. Well, well, it's not the, no one's fault except the Browns that they offered this ridiculous, stupid contract. To Deshaun Watson, and now other quarterbacks say, "Well, I'm better than Deshaun Watson." Well, half the league can say that. Hey, right. Half the quarterbacks in the right. league can say, "I'm better than Deshaun Watson." Yep. But Lamar Jackson is stuck on this, yep. and the Ravens have put a a more than generous offer on the table, making him one of the highest paid quarterbacks yep. uh, in the history of the league. But he's he's balking at this, and what we're hearing is, "Well, I want more than Deshaun Watson." Yeah, well, and that you know, look. When the Deshaun Watson deal came down, there was 31 owners and 31 GMs going, what just happened? Right. Because now they're, they know they were in a bad situation. When their guy comes up, that's the number everybody's going to talk about. No matter what. Uh, is Deshaun Watson worth all that? Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. But especially what what was on front of him. 
that we knew was coming last year, that right. you weren't going to have him for the whole season. Right. But, you just didn't know how long. You know, but but here again, it only takes one team, just like it only took one team to give Odell Beckham Jr. $15 million guarantee. It takes one team to say, hey, look, we're going to jump on this. We're going to make it happen no matter what, you know, and boom, boom, boom. And now everybody else has got to try to figure it out. Where, where do you think this thing goes with the Ravens and Jackson? You know, and the time frame here too. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, to me, I think something there's got to be some movement before the draft because if there's not, and they draft a quarterback, now he's really mad. Okay, now he's really mad, right? Okay, now you're now you're playing the the ego game back and forth, and that's not going to be good for for either side. Um, so I hope you know. Look. He's a phenomenal football player. Everybody wants to watch him play football. Let's hope he gets on the field and plays and, and gets it done. If, if you're a GM or a coach, do you want him considering the the behavior, the injury factor, I mean, all of this stuff? Do you want him on your team? If you're the Baltimore Ravens and you've built the team around his specific skill set, yes. But they haven't won. They, they haven't, haven't won, won anything with him. They've won one I, I playoff agree. game with I, this guy. I agree, but you look at the roster. It's built for that style of game. It's not built, you know, like the Packers where they're going to sling it around and everybody's a pass catcher, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that it's just a different way to build a team. So um, right now, unless they're going a different direction in this draft, we'll see. The one thing that they did wrong with uh, Beckham Jr., they did do right in giving Lamar Jackson the freedom to go out and pursue yeah. the contract because that takes the onus off of them. Because if he goes out and he can't, nobody's offering him what he wants. That's when you're supposed to have an agent telling you, hey, buddy. this is what the market is. <laughs> yeah. You need, this is the best offer we got. Yep. And it's not an insult, but because he's representing himself, I don't think mm-hmm. he looks at it that yeah. way, obviously. And, and to that point, Jay, as a former player, is that something that you ever considered about representing yourself? And how many guys do you know that you played with or, or in, in the league that say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to represent myself because I feel that's a better option for me? Yeah. Um, I never wanted to represent myself because I didn't want to put my, myself in that position. I always wanted to have that third party say, you know, because there's always that, hey, he said, you know, <laughs> and it goes back and forth and, you know, that. So I never wanted that personally, and that's just my personal, but... There wasn't a lot of guys at all that represented themselves. I, I, I can't hardly think of anybody yeah. that's done it over the course of time. Not, not, not out in the public the way this is. And, and if you, you know. are a general manager or a president, do you want to negotiate with a player? Yeah. Or do you want to, you know, it's, and again, I think a lot of people think, well, let the player, you know, he knows what he wants, let him speak for himself or whatever. But, you know, when you have that agent, like I said, the, the agent, is connected yeah. to a lot of, of different teams and of players and this sort of thing. So they could use that to their advantage. I right. mean, if no one wants to talk to you, you know, yeah, and, and, and you represent yourself, right. then you're yeah. just going to be sitting quiet. It sounds like he's just sitting quiet. He's just sitting quiet and all that. And all I can do is go off of personal experience. You know, I had an agent, and even, even when I played for the Raiders, you know, I did five one-year contracts. I never had a multi-year deal. It was every year I was, I was negotiating, and you know there was times when I drove the training camp and I hadn't officially signed a contract yet. But it was kind of like, hey, we're going to be somewhere between this number and that number, and yeah, I, I'm good with it. You know, I I knew what I was doing. I knew what where I sat. You know, in the value market and what I needed to do. And uh, you know, if, if I had a good year the year before, they were like, hey, let's give you a little extra here and a little extra there. But on the incentive side, that's right. what, you know, hey, let's go do it again. If you do it again, you're going to get paid handsomely. And uh, I like that because, you know what, when it comes down to it, it's all about your performance and getting out there. I always thought that, you know, players, and I might get punched here, but the, you know, players want the big contracts. You know, when they have a good year, they, they, they want, yeah. let's redo the contract. 
you never heard a player after a bad year. Let's you know, let's renegotiate <laughs> it the other way. Yeah, yeah, let me give you some money back. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and no, Marco, I'm with you in, in this. You know, the the thing that really irks me, and and you see it all the time, is a guy signs a three year contract, right? Yeah. And then the next year he goes, I want to renegotiate. Yes. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? You signed that deal, right? Okay. Now, I will tell you, you know, back in my day, there wasn't any guaranteed money. So it just, nobody did it. And, you know, we used to laugh all the time that the ink on the paper wasn't even worth, it wasn't worth it because it really didn't mean anything. Mm. You know, it was still up to the club whether they were going to pay you or not. <laughs> you know, you had to go out and perform. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's come a long way. Money's so much greater. Things are, you know, I like the incentive contracts because everybody wins. You go out and play well, you're going to get paid. And when it's contract year, it seems yeah. like that player really, he's playing at a different level that yeah. year in a contract here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the latest uh, with, with the Jets and Rodgers, there is no news. Everyone still <laughs> wants to talk. And there's nothing to talk about here right. where the Packers still hold the cards you know, with that. And the Jets are going, what are we going to do? we got a draft in two and a half yeah. weeks. Yeah. But uh, this, Mark, is, this Mark, is... Mark Murphy's out on the golf course going, yeah. oh, Jets, yeah, I'll put that to voicemail. Right. <laughs> I got, I got no reason to answer that right now. I yeah. mean, you know, I'm in the middle of a good round, so let's not mess it up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with Rodgers, he's like, I guess, content. And, you know, honestly, I think that at this point in time, he wants to play. And, again, he's kind of feeling like, okay, Packers are turning his back on him. Now he wants to play, and he wants to, you know, try to stick it back to him and show him. But the bottom line is he, it's out of his control. Right. So, And I think that's what irks him the most. Yes. He, He's played the last three years where everything's been bent over backwards to please Aaron Rodgers. And now he's come out and said, hey, I want to play and I'm going to play for the Jets. But then why'd you resign with the Packers two years ago? Right. Why'd you resign a deal? You know, all this stuff. So, um, you know, it's just we talked about this before. And, you know, at the end of next year, is is he going to go into his little dark hole and go, hey, I'm not. I don't want to play anymore. What, what's the deal? So yeah. um, the Jets are taking a huge chance right now, you know, figuring, trying to figure this out. And they, they again, need to, to try to get this figured out mm. soon. All right. The draft two and a half weeks away. We talked to little Raiders on Friday's show. We'll uh, continue talking about that as well. The Raiders sit at number seven. Uh, real quick, top of your head, you think they stick with the pick or they contemplate trading the pick, whether that's up or down? Uh, the only way they'll do it, uh, I think they stick with the pick. I really do. Yeah. I really do. I don't think because we talked Friday, there's only two quarterbacks out there that I think are worthy of that spot. Uh, they'd have to change, you know, yeah. trade and draft Gray up, you know, lose more picks. I don't think they're going to do it that. It does seem silly that just, talking about a quarterback, though. Yeah, I mean, you just right. got your quarterback. You got Garoppolo. Right. It's not like Garoppolo is here for one year. Yeah. It's not the situation. Right. So, um, you know, I think they're going to keep that pick. And uh, as we talked about on Friday, I'd like to see a, a nice big old lineman come that, that can be plugged in right away and get the job done. Quarterback's best friend. Right, big old lineman, you, right? You gotta, gotta Imagine that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Day one, some protection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking, you know, the, the, the kid at Tennessee that didn't give up a sack all last year. I'm thinking, hmm, that's a pretty good choice right there. Yeah. Let's go. And, I agree uh, with you. You know, he played Georgia in the big D tackle, and he was like, let's go, big boy. And he, he, he did his own. Throw one out to you quick. Late round, would you take a chance on the Tennessee quarterback that got hurt? In a late round. Hendon Hooker, huh? Yeah. Um, no, because I think you can pick him up as a free agent. Yeah. Okay. And he he wasn't overly impressive at his time at Virginia Tech. Yeah. You know, right. he had he had one good year. You know, I think, I mean, I think, yeah. I think yeah. somebody will pick him up as a free agent, but he's going to have to come in and, and really dazzle somebody. All right. We are live here at Slice of Las Vegas inside the Mandalay Bay Shops. It is the Las Vegas Aces draft party getting underway in an hour. Uh, look forward uh, to that. And we are here at our annual event here celebrating the world champion, WNBA world champion, Las Vegas Aces. T.C. Martin, Jay Schrader, Marco D'Angelo in the house. When we come back, we're going to talk some Aces with President Nikki Vargas and also GM Natalie Williams, just to name a few. We'll also talk some NBA playoffs. That field is set. We got that. We'll touch on some Major League Baseball as well, too. Monday edition, a draft party edition, the T.C. Martin Show live from Slice of Vegas.